You're listening to episode 13-7 of the Tech Gaming Podcast. I am your host, Robert Desert Eagle Allen. With me tonight is Jeremy Lawman Lamont. Shaven head and diaper wearing for the new year. Roll on 2014. Did you really shave your head? I shaved more than that. Oh. Your back? I I have mounds of back. I'm going to knit it into a sweater. No. (laughs) Wow. The other voice you're hearing is Sage, Samurage, or Ain't Nobody Got Time to Podcast, Morris Green. (laughs) Happy New Year, everyone. I hope everyone's having a fabulous holiday season. Oh, that's nice. Uh, Possibly join us later is our other uh, co-host in my favorite color. Blue, also known as Eric Blue Swim. Is that your favorite color, Robert? Yes, like most men. I'm pretty You don't like green like money? No, I don't. (laughs) No use for that. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) last week we didn't get to talk about impressions or uh, indie outlook, which disappointed a few people. So unlike Mike from Penny Arcade, which we'll be talking about in a second, I will issue an apology. I am sorry. We recorded a two and a half hour show that drained all of us, especially me. Uh, so tonight is our expression of regret. We have a great show uh, lined up with reader mail, impressions, and of course, indie outlook. So let's kick things off with a question. I have a question from MBA Gamer, and he or she asks, "What do you think about today's Penny Arcade apology?" And for those who might have missed the news, uh, Penny Arcade's Mike, how do you say his last Krahulik. name? Krahulik. is that the proper pronunciation? As far as I know, and if not, okay. I'll issue an apology. <laughs> oh, Jeremy. <laughs> Uh, A.K.A. Gabe, uh, he made some comments uh, about uh, rape and the transgender in the past. Now he's uh, blaming being bullied uh, for his lack of tact. So I'll start things off my take. Um, I am puzzled by people who can't apologize. Uh, to me, it seems natural to say I messed up. I have disgraced myself and those around me. Uh, but I'm aware of my actions. I'm remorseful and it won't happen again. But instead... I thought Mike's apologia was a bit, well, I don't know, playing the victim. And I, and I don't mean to sound uh, uh, r- rude by that. Um, as someone, uh, I was you know, kind of bullied uh, in middle school and first couple of years of high school. So I know that you know, that anger can stem from feeling powerless or, or feeling weak. And I also understood that, that you know, offering more venom will only kind of perpetuate the, the cycle of hate. Um, so part of me wants to think that this was a step in the right direction, this moment of admittance and enlightenment. But then there's also the cynical side that said it was just motivated by growing backlash against PACs, against the whole you know Dick Wolves movement, an act that was probably suggested by a PR team to save face and kind of the name of Penny Arcade. And, and uh, they, he seems to uh, be distancing himself from the uh, Penny Arcade name. But I guess we will know in the coming months. And, and I do th- hope that Mike um, has kind of seen the air in his ways. And he has changed. Um, so that's just my take on it. Jeremy? Well, I think that <clears throat> humility is a hard enough lesson to learn without the spotlight of the glaring public eye on mm-hmm. you. I think it's I think it's a little harder to get something that's genuine like that from someone who may, you know, legitimately feel bad and, you know, may not may, may not even fully understand what the error is uh that he's made. And uh I, I'm not gonna really judge one way or the other. I think that um, you know, more tolerance and acceptance of, of others, especially in you know, the, the form of the internet where every, everybody is there. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, the words that you put out can have negative effects on people. And, sure. uh, so I, I think it's good that, I mean, he didn't have to do anything and maybe mm-hmm. it was recommended to him, but like you said, I mean, I think it's a step in the right direction. I, I'm not much of a Penny Arcade fan. Honestly, I no. haven't read the Penny Arcade comic in months and months. I'm actually going to mm-hmm. binge on it one day and I'm just going to go through and like read all of it and hopefully some of it's funny. But mm-hmm. um, I, I think that, that especially in, you know, the, the, the social justice circles these days, it, it's, it's different than it used to be. I mean, this stuff moves pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. uh, you know, the, I mean, the, uh, the, the culture on homosexuality and uh, transgendered people, um, you know, those kinds of things, that has, has flip-flopped incredibly in the last 10 years. And mm-hmm. I think that's for the better. I think it's something that's good. But I think that some people um, have just not really caught up to it. You know, and, and oh, they may not really enough. grasp it. And, you know, and the concept of things like um, uh, privilege and, and things mm-hmm. like that. I, I think that I think that's a lesson that, that Mike and um, y- you know and his his group are probably learning a little bit the hard way. Right. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to make any snap judgments. I'm not going to draw any lines in the sand and say, well, mm-hmm. it's good or it's bad. But I think it's moving in the right direction, I think, is yeah. my take on it. I, I do think apology is kind of a lost art. I, and I'm also thinking in, in a much larger spectrum, especially in American society, of Target. You know, they had that hacking incident, and uh, obviously, I'm not sure how much negligence was on their part, how much they could have stopped that. But offering people 10% for two days during the holidays just seemed very weak. And and I never really heard kind of a true apology. Hey, we're sorry, we're taking steps to prevent this. And I I just wonder if that's part of kind of the American culture, is never admitting you're wrong. I don't think it's never admitting you're wrong. I think it's, I think a part of it, and then this is sort of something that connects with, with Mike, is that I think that America has gotten very good at looking at other things instead of the apology. And no, I'm not saying they've gotten good at it like it's a good thing, but it's like it's become a thing where you don't you just you just put something else in the spotlight. And I think that has to do with how much we have celebritized uh, the movie industry, the gaming industry, all those things where it's like, okay, we'll just put something else in the in the bright spotlight and we'll move past it. And in some ways I like the idea of not dwelling on the past and in so, and but I entirely agree with you, Robert. I mean, I think that like even when um, when when PSN got hacked, as compared to when Microsoft had some troubles, like yes, place, yes. PSN, like Sony went out of their way to be like, "We're sorry, we totally fucked up." Here's a year of free. When we were at E3, they gave us those things. There's a year of free uh, PSN membership, and and they were really genuinely apologetic. Whereas Microsoft was always just like, "No, oh, we'll go past that." I mean, the thing with my I feel like it's become, I like that we've gotten to a place where so many people go, I acknowledge that I have these shortcomings as a person. I think that saying it's a product of your childhood when you're 30 years old is sort of bullshit. Like at that point, maybe you should have figured that shit out. But he did, but he did say like, I mean, he made it his new year's resolution. It was like, I need to fix this and I need to not be such an asshole to people. Um, So I, I have mixed feelings about that because I think it's a really healthy thing to be able to acknowledge here are my shortcomings and I want to work on them but when it's an excuse and you don't have an apology with that like Robert's saying that seems to be part of American culture right now I think that that is not helpful to the people that you actually did hurt I mean I do think people seem to be taking things a little too seriously the dick wolf thing I don't think should have been taken as seriously as it was but I think that if you if you recognize your big key figure, you should apologize and then be like, and I accept that these are my shortcomings, I want to work on them, that's fine. But if you don't apologize, it just sounds like an excuse. I, I don't know that it's necessarily a part of American culture, as it were. And I don't know how much this affects Mike or Jerry at Penny Arcade, but, you know, Robert, you mentioned Target. And mm-hmm. on some level, from a corporate standpoint, uh, apologize but admission of culpability, where then there become more legal... Uh, recourse that can be taken against you. So from that standpoint, um, I, I, you know, like Sage mentioned, I mean, I, I feel like Sony did a pretty solid thing when when they had their. Um, yeah, that was one of the best corporate apologies I've I've seen. Yeah. Uh, apart from that, like I I don't expect much from corporations, which I guess is kind of unfortunate. But they probably have team people saying, "Well, this is as far as you can go with this," and if you say anything else, you're potentially opening yourself up to legal liability uh, on the on the, the penny arcade thing one last comment on that is i'll be interested to see how how that sort of thing is actually because there are two parts of, of apologizing right there's the apology and then there's the potential forgiveness there's the acceptance of that apology and i will be interested to see because it, it's kind of happened on on both sides of of things but uh, you know the last time there was a an incident like this um people were swearing I, you know, i'll never attend packs again i'm, I'm off arcade forever they're dead to me for all time i feel like there should be room for people to atone and to and to come back from that sort of Mm -hmm. i I think the apology at at the moment take it i guess face value is probably my advice and we'll kind of have to see how things go from here um if if mike does that he really does want to to change and to to be more accepting of people and to be less exclusive um see that in his actions and then i guess it's just up to the community to decide how respond to that right good question yeah yeah good question excellent excellent discussion too should we jump right into impressions sure absolutely okay so i'll start things off uh over the holidays i uh procured three consoles playstation 4 xbox one and the third one guys oh yeah yes the oh yeah you got an oculus 
No. no. Um, Dude, as soon as those come... I'll, I'll talk about the Ouya in Indie Outlook, but for now I want to focus on my next-gen experiences. So first the PlayStation 4, because that arrived first. Uh, setting up the console was a breeze. As soon as I entered my Wi-Fi password, the machine was already downloading the required firmware update in the background. Uh, so far, I really like the system, save for a few dumb design decisions, uh, such as requiring a Facebook account for media sharing. Not a fan of that. Uh, I also enjoy, I, I do enjoy that the machine is focused on games. There are some apps that you can use, Hulu and Netflix. Crunchyroll still has that console surcharge uh, where you can stream shows on PC or Android, much like the Ouya, for free, but with commercials. But you have to be a premium member on uh, on most consoles. But still, that's a Crunchyroll decision, so I really can't knock uh, Sony for that. Um, now, thanks to the Target buy two, get one free sale, and a stack of 30% off coupons, I was able to get the majority of Sony's uh, launch library. Uh, nice. for, yeah, for uh, first-person shooters, Killzone, Shadow uh, Fall, and Battlefield 4, uh, both of those titles start off very strong. Um, they offer kind of wide open areas to fight enemies. Uh, in Killzone, there's that forest area that they showed in the very early PS4 previews, uh, which is just a, a great environment. It looks gorgeous. It's really fun. Uh, shoot bad guys in. Uh, Battlefield has this large map uh, named Baku. Uh, but soon enough, that ambition kind of disappears and both games turn into what I don't really like, the, the corridor shooters. Uh, Killzone puts you in kind of this uh, rail train system uh, across elevated tracks. Uh, and then later, these kind of suspended hallways. Battlefield ushers you through a skyscraper and a boat. And, and the problem with this is that your strategic options are, are constrained. You, you push ahead in this linear path instead of, you know, uh, having the ability to flank or maintain tactical position. So I almost wish they went in the other direction where they went from linear to open-ended, but they give you a taste of the good stuff and then they take that away. So just to clarify, you said it takes you through a skyscraper in a boat at the same time. No, no. Skyscraper, later a boat. Oh, because I was thinking this was truly creation stuff. No, this isn't I the, guess uh, this isn't the Herzog film. <laughs> So anyway, um, NAC, uh, let me touch on that. Uh, that has received near universal amount of criticism. Um, and it's probably not, honestly, it's not a $60 game. Uh, but in most places, it's dropped to 40 which I think tempers expectations a bit. Now, now one thing that really surprised me about the game is the storyline. I did not expect to be moved by that. Um, but there's things like, I, I won't to spoil it, the statue at the end of the tutorial... Uh, there's a certain location when you when you venture into the enemy caves, and the relationship between the professor and Nack were, were really surprisingly touching, uh, causing me to say "oh" during some of the cinematics, and and oh. that really yes, just like that, Jeremy, that really took me by surprise. Uh, mechanically, the game's been compared to Crash Bandicoot, and that that's not really far from the mark. Um, the, as there's platforming intermixed with melee combat, like Crash, um, enemies are always pushed into kind of new situations. And the one thing I, I like about Knack is there are plenty of different uh, enemies. In fact, Knack is kind of the counterpart of Rise, um, where the Crisis game has three of the same enemies over and over. Knack gives you plenty of, of variety, requiring players to kind of discover the different ways to get past them, to, to discover their weaknesses, almost like they are miniature uh, boss battles. So liking that, uh, probably not for everybody, but I, I think it has this old school vibe that, that to me is definitely fun. Uh, played a bit of Madden 25, which is nothing short of a half-ass port of the uh, 360 and uh, PS3 versions, save for 3D crowds. And the first time I played Madden, uh, he was coaching, the big man himself uh, was coaching, and his model might be the ugliest uh, thing I've seen on Sony's new system. I, I really think Turok had more polygons. So That's uh, probably true to life, though. He was. <laughs> From what I understand, John Madden was a very low-poly man. Don't know about that, Jeremy. You don't think so? No, there's, there's a lot of round I mean, uh, I shapes on his body. To the side, sometimes you just look right past him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, let me, on that note, let me get to my Xbox One experience, which wasn't as great. So, let me say this. Uh, Microsoft tweeting nothing but technical problems. <laughs> Thing. Spoiler. I don't More than anybody, I cannot believe. So, so let me say okay, this: uh, Microsoft's user interface is horrible. Uh, so bad, I really didn't know if I had a de defective one 
or that's just how it operated. Uh, much of this has been how the, the user interface doesn't tell you, you know, how much hard drive space is left. But, but I think far worse is the step backwards. Uh, where it doesn't tell you what um, the Xbox One is doing, where the, where the 360 told you, you know, uh, the progress when you're downloading games or installing software. The Xbox One just keeps hush-hush. Now, the problem is that with certain Internet providers, and I was told this by Microsoft, that process can stall. So if you do have, um, what is it, uh, Verizon or Comcast, do not use Wi-Fi. Uh, I was told get a wired Ethernet connection. Uh, so the first Xbox One that I had, it, it took three days to install, uh, and then also the patches for Forza Rise and to download Crimson Crimson Dragon and what was it called, Power Star Golf, because it just stopped all the time, and there was no way to tell what the machine was doing. Uh, everything seemed to get stuck at 97 or 99%. And, uh, you know, I, I'd have to uninstall and then reinstall and start the whole process over. The other problem... So, so there's no way at all to know where in the process it's having a problem? No, because what happens is on screen, the Metro interface, it will say, you know, uh, installing, but it, and it will give you a percentage. But sometimes if you're doing, say, more than one thing at once, sometimes it'll just pause and you'll have to hit the menu button and to restart. It's really just... just horribly designed uh it just feels felt like a beta to me and the other problem i won't even get to cable box freezing or connect wonkiness because i disconnected no pun intended both of those but it was with the interface far too often i'd start a game and then it would you know go from big screen and it shrink back down to the main box of the metro uh interface i'd enlarge it and then it would go back and forth and i played this little game way too often uh i've been on the phone with kind of microsoft reps and yeah you know i'm not alone in this another a lot of other people have uh have called about this uh the problem it, it appears to be is that you need to sit your microsoft uh, your xbox one to turn off uh, and what it was doing was probably a memory leak. Um, and so you have to turn that off and not have it go into sleep mode. Um, so the second Xbox still has problems. It took repeated attempts to kind of install and download games, and then the box thing still happens. Uh, but once you get the games installed, and you get past, as, as Jeremy mentioned, there's some very obscure error codes, which... Uh, you know, the PS4 gave me once or twice as well. I don't understand why companies still have these air codes that are like in, they're not even a hexadecimal because they throw an X or, you know, some strange character in there, but they tell you next to nothing in, in the, in the, um, uh, support team. They, they can barely tell you uh, anything else. Uh, but once you get past that, the games are actually pretty fun. Uh, Dead Rising 3, I think, is the sleeper hit of the library. Uh, and, you know, Peggle 2 is pretty fun, but I didn't buy a $500 machine to play Peggle. Um, so let me get to what I've been playing this week, which is Halo Spartan Assault. So, uh, which started life, began life as a, as a mobile game. Um, so, I was so, going to say, so is this, sorry, go on. Mm -hmm. So it well, does a proficient job, I think, of translating Halo into an overhead twin stick shooter. It nails the feel of the weapons. The Magnum pistol is still this overpowered beast. And, and it, and it really gets the AI of the enemy. So, you know, you have the covenant grunts who sp sporadically, they'll kind of run away screaming. And then you have the, I think they're called the hunters who will charge you, you know, if you get too close and they'll flex. Uh, vehicles and turrets are included, and, and amazingly, they move and control much like you know their their three D counterparts. Uh, what the game does really well is offer a variety of mission types. Uh, often, uh, twin stick shooters are just kind of the same thing over and over again. And, and in this game, sometimes you're protecting a convoy, sometimes you're given seek and destroy orders, other times you're in a base under attack and must stand your ground for a few minutes. Naturally, there's some flaws in the tra transition, you know, to the over head perspective sometimes you don't see an uh, an enemy hiding under one part of the environment due to you know the shift in perspective uh you lose ammo because it's a little bit harder to judge the direction uh of the right stick than it is to you know put a crosshair on an enemy uh, there's one glitch I've encountered where you just auto-fire after changing your weapons, which depletes your ammo. And unlike most, um, you know, twin-stick shooters, you know, your ammo is uh, limited. The most sinister thing, though, however, is the incorporation 
of microtransactions. Uh, she moved from the, the stage select uh, screen to the weapon selection screen. You're continually pressing the A button to advance. So A, A, A. But on the last screen, they decide to throw a monkey wrench there, and they change the, the ones. Uh, they change it to the ones option button. So in order to start, if you press A, you go to the purchase screen. Uh, so that takes you to weapon upgrades where you can buy things like sniper rifles, laser rifles, or other kind of bonus um, perks. Now, you can use gained experience. I think over the course of the campaign, I earned, I don't know, maybe 6,000 experience points to unlock certain weapons. Now, now what hurts is the game doesn't tell you that these are one-shot deals. So imagine me. I saved up all this money for a, for a laser uh, rifle on a mission, and then I, I figured I owned it. Uh, uh, and it was one of these missions where I didn't know what was going on, so I manned a turret. And so I didn't use it, and I wasted all my experience points on that because it got taken away. Uh, in all fairness, yeah, you do get uh, to use some of the weapons, some of the uh, weapons that they usually you know, either charge for via experience or, or real-world money. Uh, you don't get a lot of uh, ammo for them. And I just think that paying $15 for a game to have things locked behind a paywall just doesn't feel fair in this instance. Probably because you are ranked on a star system. And one of the best ways to reach the you know three-star system is not through a near-perfect game, but in using, in using these uh, more exotic weapons. Um, had I known about this business model beforehand, I mentioned this last week, I probably wouldn't have purchased the game. But there's zero indication anywhere on the Xbox One store. Uh, and as I mentioned, I tweeted Major Nelson, but... Uh, no reply from the major. So, so I, I just want to make sure I understand something. This mm-hmm. is a box that was designed to be connected to the internet and have good internet connectivity on a consistent basis. And if you have Comcast, which is one of the main providers in the country, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. And you don't know if it's working right or not because it doesn't tell you how things are progressing yes i mean once you get everything installed what, what happened is for many people uh, if you do like a google search on stuck at 97 or stuck at 99 you'll see dozens of people where they just have kind of the same issue and they're still kind of working these installation bugs out but for me it just kind of sat there uh for instance crimson dragon another game that's just soiled by the plague of microtransactions that just sat there for a couple days so um so most of my impressions i gave last week just because i wanted everyone to be able to catch the sales that were going on. Uh, I want to speak up for Cat Lady again just because I, because I think it's a game that most people would not think to get. Like, if you're looking at the list of Steam games, Cat Lady is, you know, you're like, I'm, I'm not a creepy cat lady living at home alone with a bunch of cats. I don't want to play this game. Um, I'm Poodle Man. <laughs> Toxoplasmosis Gondii. Right, no. But it really is one of the most impressive games I have I have played. I mean, the, the visuals are great. I talked about that a little bit. Like, it's it's a little bit of that paper-out look uh, with the foreground and the figures, but the backgrounds look more, like, painted style. Um, and it's just, it's all of the emotional and, like, visceral stuff in it is just, it, it's, I, I can't talk about it enough, and so I'm not going to talk about it at all. Uh, but it's one of the best games I've played, for sure, and everybody should check it out. You're sort of moving um, me around on that. I might have to try that. Well, maybe I'll talk about it a tiny bit more. I just, I love that it doesn't hesitate away from, from things. Uh, it, there, there's issues of, you know, murder and suicide and death and... Cats. Uh, not cats. I, that really doesn't come up very much, except that people think she's creepy because she only likes cats. But she only likes cats because she thinks people are shit. And that's, like, the extent of cat ladyness that's in it. And she's, like, a normal person, except that she's like, I hate everyone, so I'm going to kill myself. Um, but it doesn't shy away from any of those themes, and it doesn't shy away from gore. Like, when you kill somebody, it, it's very, there's blood everywhere and shit. And, like, at one point, someone kills you, and they're stabbing you over and over again, and your blood is, like, spraying on the walls. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't, I mean, if you're listening to this, and you're a younger person, and you have parents who don't want you to play those games, then don't tell them that I told you to play it. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Sage, I, I just want to say I'm glad that being a misanthrope is normal. Um, it's weird. <laughs> Why are you gonna twist my words? That's not what I said. I she's she's a quirky. She's normal for a British person. No, I'm just kidding. Aww. She is British. I'm just kidding. She she is very British. Uh, she's no, she's she's a normal, nice person. Except that she got very upset. Actually, 
actually, I do think that that's a really strong part of it because we most people do get to a point in their life not where they're necessarily suicidal, but where things seem more dark and hopeless than is this normal. Voice acted game. I've I've been getting the impression that it's like text based, but is there? I mean, no, say, it's voice acted. Yeah, yeah, is it? no. Huh. And the voice acting is really good. There, I have to say, there are a couple moments where you can hear that maybe they, they had someone who wasn't used to using a mic because there's the, like, popping sounds <laughs> that, of someone talking in the oh, mic. Oh, yes, I really like kitty cats. Uh, kind of. Um, but, 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 like, the main voice actor is great, and, and all of the main... Those are just the, like, occasional characters that show up. All of the main people are really solid voice work. Um, they're British, uh, and I just, it's, it's one of the least shy, most, you know, everyone got all into like, oh, Stanley Parable and stuff like that. I think this game got overlooked and I'm not sure how it did. I mean, it's from, I think it's from 2012, uh, but I don't remember it getting any, uh, acclaim last year either or two years ago now. Uh, but I think it's really great. Jeremy, you'd probably like it actually, because it's, it's the, solid. Is, it, is there, is there a studio? Do you remember who the developer is? Off the top? I want to say it's Harbinger, hmm. because I feel like. That's or, or else harder. It might be harvester. It's something with an H. Harbinger sounds more British. Maybe. Anyway, so so moving on. Uh, except that everyone should play that game. Um, unless Jeremy, do you have any other questions about it? Uh, no, I actually I'm probably just gonna look up look up some videos on it and kind of see because I'm I'm at least intrigued enough now. I mean, the way that you've described it, it sounds different than what I expected it to be. So. So and you get to be a cat at one point. So, <gasps> so you get to play the game from multiple perspectives, and I know you're into that. So there you go. Uh, no, ah. I don't. But you get to run through vents, so that's cool. Welcome to The Outlook, that part of the Tech Gaming Podcast where we look at bigger ideas from smaller development studios. I am Robert Desert Eagle Allen. With me, as always, is my co-host, Cy. OMG, WTF. Hello. <laughs> How are you today, Cy? Fine. Very happy to be back, actually. Yes, nice to be back. And one of the things coming back I want to talk about is a certain indie product that seems to have received a fair amount of criticism since its launch last spring. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, when I saw it at E3, both uh, Sage and Sean um, and, and myself, neither of us were particularly impressed, but I recently got my hands on the Ouya and installed the new firmware update. And you I have, to, have admit- to say it like you mean it. That was weak. Oh, yeah. How about that? Oh, God. <laughs> they have to pay me $5 every time I do that. Um, so anyway, what lured me in was a holiday <laughs> sale uh, where I picked up the Ouya for $60. Let's see. I only have about 45 wow. to go. Um, cheap. Yeah, yeah. It's usually $99, but uh, they, they had a little promotion going on. Uh, now, my intention was just to use it as a media streaming device. Uh, I wanted to plug in just a USB stick full of anime and launch the uh, Crunchyroll app, uh, connect it to... What a surprise there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so out of character for me. Uh, connect it through the HDMI output and enjoy 1080p goodness. So in execution, I'm... I'm Pleased to say that the Ouya streams without a hitch, um, so so a kill a kill looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and unlike Sony or Microsoft's machines, you can watch Crunchyroll for free, but with ads. So that's not so bad. Uh, VLC is a perfect port of the uh, PC and Linux app. It handles any kind of codec that you throw at it, and you know manages subtitles fairly easy. So if you watch anime, like I do occasionally, <laughs> and by, by occasionally, I love that half the day. Uh, so before long, <laughs> I got curious and I wanted to see what else the little box could do. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about some of the best apps that I found in a second. But before that, I want to talk about the Ouya's most alluring future. I'll 
promise to stop that. And that's the emulation. All the major retro consoles are there. And the best part is that the emulators are mostly free. And nicely, the OUYA, it's got enough processing power to simulate an SNES or Genesis at full speed. And, of course, it can handle the older generations, so the turbo graphics or some people call it PC Engine. Uh, and NES, old school NES, those work fine. PS1, Nintendo 64 games work, but owners shouldn't expect you know either uh, full speed or compatibility uh, with those systems. So emulation is a, is a nice little thing. I hear most OUYA owners aren't even buying a thing that they're just using as an emulation machine. One of the things that calls my attention there is, is the feedback that it got. I mean, it was very successful when it was uh, running the Kickstarter campaign. It, mm-hmm. it got like over, I don't know, what was it, 8 million or something like that? But I'm not sure what happened in between like the process of, you know, building that thing and actually having people. What I understand, there was, you know, the launch um, that happened last June, and it wasn't quite ready for prime time. What I've heard is the new firmware update corrects a lot of things. Now, there are some little funny elements, like the controller. It's like a poor man's DualShock 4, where... (laughs) Because, you know, it is Android-based, you still have to have the touchscreen. So right in the middle of the controller is kind of this really poor touchscreen uh, on there. Under, also, underneath the faceplate and near the analog is where you insert the batteries. And some people have complained about that. Uh, I've been getting a fair amount of battery life. But, you know, the, these things, I think, will be corrected uh, in future iterations of the OUYA console, if there are you know, future iterations. But I think that the kind of like hackability uh, of the system far outweighs that, because one of the things people can do is just you know, buy the system. Uh, if they have created an APK, you know, sideload that in, and you know, they can play their games on their own console, which, which for most consoles you know, is off-limits. It's only the domain of PC um, PC programmers. I think that that's really cool. One of the things also that I've been reading about is, is that they say that it does not have an audience. What do you think about that? Because it basically, I think they're trying to compare with big consoles out there, sort well, of like an expose. Yeah, you, you can't compare because the games do not look as good. They don't play as good. Um, you know, it, it you cannot even compare it against a PS4 or Xbox One. I don't even think that's a fair comparison. Instead, this is more in the lines of a Roku that plays games or even an early version of the PlayStation Vita TV. I think it's more along the lines than that. And so I think we have different tiers of kind of consoles. And so this is very, you know, we so have... So basically it's just a matter of expectations, I think, people were... Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, a lot of people, some people have said, hey, my phone has a mini HDMI out and, you know, I could do that right now if I, yeah. just, uh, if I just have a, a MOGA controller. And that's true. Uh, you know, with that, you, you're... You know, just as just as well off, you know, zoning a new yeah. But if you want, you know, an inexpensive streaming uh, system that can play a few games, well, you know, pick it up. And the one thing I found is, you know, it's just so fun to play around to see what you can do to see. Hey, can Watch I get anime? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of fan service. Uh, no, no, to, to see if you can get, you know, the Amazon App Store and to get things to, to work on that, the Google Play Store, you know, all the things you already own. Um, so, so beyond emulation and, and siloing and hackability, one of the things that I was really surprised is to find a few gems on the uh, console, um, particularly programmed uh, for the Ouya. Uh, hands down, my favorite was Bomb Squad. Which lollies? Actually, <laughs> there is a shortage of lollies. There was a visual novel. That is your one and only complaint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really, I scanned the menu system for lollies, and I don't think I saw one. I'm so. sure you would. Programmers, please give me lollies. Um, <laughs> don't make me cry. No, so hands down, seriously, uh, my favorite is Bomb Squad. This is a $4.99 game uh, by a single programmer, uh, Eric Fromling. And it comes with an hour-long demo. And one of the one of the things I really like about the the OES system is that every game has a free downloadable demo, and then you purchase the game through in-app purchases. And it doesn't feel uh, most of the most of the time it doesn't feel like Xbox uh, demos where sometimes they can be short. Uh, they, they give you a really good idea of what you're what you're buying and. Uh, um, you know, you have the ability to try everything before you commit. Uh, anyway, back to the game. It's a mix of Bomberman, 
with the PS1 kind of cult classic uh, Konami's Poi Poi. So, so like these and some of, I, I think, history's best games, the concept is just simple. Uh, you maneuver a little character around the screen. He can run, punch, you can summon bombs that you can throw. And the object is to make it through this succession of, of uh, arenas, gladiatorial arenas. And you eliminate all the, the competition. There's little there's little ninjas, there's guys that speak uh, Arnold-like gibberish, um, fun little <laughs> enemies. Um, and, and then, you know, you can beat them up senselessly or more often blow them up. And to make things interesting, like Bomberman, there's a nice selection of power-ups. There's uh, sticky bombs, there's things that offer protective auras, there's uh, bombs that kind of freeze enemies. And then if they freeze and they fall, sometimes they'll shatter into a whole bunch of pieces. Uh, runs, runs at 60 frames per second, 1080p. Uh, it's not going to blow your socks off, but you know, visually, it's a it's a fun game. Uh, you know, it looks probably like PS2 quality, but you know, for many retro gamers, it, it's not about the you know uh, latest look of the game or how many polygons. It's about the experience. It, yeah, it's just it's just fun, and I found myself. I found myself playing just for hours, and one of the things it's designed for up to four. Uh, I'm sorry, eight uh, players, and I was just having a blast oh, with local nice. player. Yeah, getting through the different the different uh, missions there, and they're kind of starred, and you have to beat the requirements to get to the next one. And so I think that really speaks uh, to the quality of the game. So really fun game, Bomb Squad. And if you have a Mac, you know, get it get it on that machine. Uh, I've also been enjoying the work of someone we we talked about in the past loco maldito uh he is the creator of Ma- uh, maldita castilla uh and he has two games on the ouya uh guaro dan and efmb what was it again <laughs> guaro dan guaro dan um, they you have been... to roll your R's. I can't. I can't. Putting, you're not putting your heart into it today. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been ported to the Ouya. And they, they follow uh, Loco's philosophy of being. One thing I really like is if you read his, uh, I guess, manifesto on his website, um, he offers his games free of charge. But his whole thing is that yes. you know, he, he really enjoys kind of the older games where you learn as you go and you improve. And He's an amazing game developer. He He's is. actually and, one of the best indies out there. And, and what he says is, you know, it's not really about the story. It's all about the experience, which I'm kind of yeah. hearing a lot from a, a number of indie developers. And they really make a good point is that sometimes we're so lost in this story that we forget about the core gameplay of, of games. Or you the know. graphics or whatever. Yeah, gadgets. yeah, those elements. So uh, Guaradan, uh, let me tell you a little bit about that. Like Castilla, it feels like this classic arcade game that maybe we missed uh, during the 80s. It combines kind of shooting elements of, of a game like Defender with the destructive pleasures of Rampage. You, you control this giant bird, and your mission is to destroy every city. Just lay waste to it. Crumble it to the ground. Uh, so this this bird is always moving, and um, after the first wave, the first wave is kind of interesting. You're in this egg, and you try to, you know, crack everything under your egg. Um, and so after the first wave, you can do two things. You can fire straight ahead or downward at a 45-degree angle. And so um, your main objective is to destroy buildings and ships and things like that. But soon there's helicopters and jets that fill the sky, much like Rampage. And then there's these tanks that start shooting up at you. Uh, so before long, you really have to uh, balance your goal of environmental destruction also clearing out <laughs> dangers. And so hell of a lot of fun. Really good... Um, Really? Is it available for PC? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it is available for Ooh yeah. <laughs> no, it should be. It should be. You're going to get me. You're going to get me to buy one of those, aren't you? It's it's a cool little machine. I, I know a lot of people don't like it for you know whatever reason. Maybe their expectations were too high. But there's some good games, and it's really just an indie. You know, it's a total indie machine. You have these you know one man. Uh, teams that are creating these really wonderful experiences. Um, and the other one I want to talk about, Locos, uh, EFMB. You know what that stands for? I've got no idea. Eat food, my buddy. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> I made that up. <laughs> Endless forms, most beautiful. Are you trolling yourself now? We're yes, I am. We've evolved to that point now. Wow. Uh, Endless forms, most beautiful. <laughs> it's actually a remake. Wait, wait, what a- does it mean? Sorry. Endless Forms Most Beautiful is what it stands for. I don't know what it means. That's interpretive. 
So I, I won't even... <laughs> Whatever. I, I didn't even get that from the game. Um, but it's a remake <laughs> of a 2012 ZX Spectrum uh, British game. To me, it feels vaguely like Bubble Bobble, the old, you know, Bub and Bob. Um, I wish... Wait, stop this show. You've never played Bubble Bobble. <laughs> Um, the two little dinosaurs that blow bubbles and trap with the, so with the song that sticks in your head for days at a time. You never played Bubble Bobble? Okay, I command you to play Bubble Bobble. Via an Ouya, you could... My get, job depends on it. Yes, your life hinges on Bubble Seriously, that is a game to play. An audience, if you've never played Bubble Bobble, that, that should be on your bucket list. Shame on me. Yes. I feel ashamed. Two little cute dinosaurs, and they... They put uh, monsters in a bubble, and I'm getting wit- you got me way off track. And then you pop the bubble. And then <laughs> I was they about to little, say that. I was like, these little things like obstacles and hearts, and you collect the hearts, and then you move on to the next level, and you do it over and over again. And there's a song that plays continuously, and it's uh, How does it go? I was you almost got me to sing it, but I I can't even I can't even do it justice. Oh, so I won't. If you got me to play it. You got to play it. Okay, you gotta play it, then you'll hear it. Anyway, it's a little bit of no. I'm not gonna say. Oh, you suck. (laughs) Bubble bobble mixed with a uh, kind of a platformer. The the one thing is your offensive capabilities are tempered. You you don't blow bubbles. Um, You play as this kind of mage-looking creature. His name is Mobius, and you collect all the goodies um, that are laid out on a variety of platforms, and you can move freely horizontally. Then you use these teleporters to move kind of up and down through the playfield. The one offensive device at your disposal are bombs, um, which uh, you can use to gain uh, gain the upper hand um, on a horizontal level. That is EFMB. So one of the things I also want to do is offer a brief mention of Insurgency, which is a PC title I didn't even know existed until a friend of the show, Drew, was kind enough to give, give codes. Uh, and that's a game that came out uh, from New World Interactive, uh, second game in the series, and a hell of a lot of fun. So say yeah, to... it's actually one of the most pleasant surprises of 2013. Yes. So far. Well, the idea of this game actually started from a source mode. It became nowadays what it will be a standalone, strategic, realistic first-person shooter. The game, it's beautiful. It's a high-scale, high-definition world, which brings the best what it will be a tactical, a tactical shooter from any game. Mm-hmm. Even though that it's in a... Uh, early access kind of stage so far. It seriously is highly competitive and unforgivably addictive. I seriously love playing that game. Mm. So if anybody is listening that likes games such as Counter-Strike, uh, Red Orchestra, uh, what else, like Black Ops and stuff, uh, by all means, I know this is a game that you really I would say I would say closer to, to Red Orchestra, what I really liked about it is it's truly a tactical game. Um, you move, well, actually, the, the speed is slow. It started as a Counter-Strike mode. What's that? It started as a uh, Counter-Strike mode. I, I know, but they slowed the speed down. It's more methodical. You take your time. Yeah, you so run around like, it's a, it's like a, a Call of Duty idiot, uh, you will get shot. You will get killed. <laughs> because t- take it from this idiot. <laughs> That's exactly what happened to me. Yeah, actually, I think you shot me first. Maybe. I'm sure you did. I hate you. Anyways, the game provides different options to play. First of all, I remember that as soon as you get the, the, the first screen, you get two sides to pick. You can either become security, which is the blue team, or you can become the insurgents, which is the red team. From here, you have the option to select the squad, which could be um, assault. I think it can become reckon team or also support team. Uh, and here you have different options from there, which is you can be a demolition, you can be a sniper, you can be a specialist, sharpshooter, fighter, whatnot. I mean, you have a wide variety of selections from there. Actually, and once you actually have selected both the squad and both team, you got the option to customize your player. Did you get to do that when we were playing? Mm, it was basically not as much. I wanted to get the a screen. New it was the screen that you actually get to see the character, what you actually look like, and from there you get to select. You have a like a pre-build, basically. And from there, you have options to select what would you want to be your first and secondary weapon. And, you know, you can actually get to buy items and, you know, grenades and bombs and whatever else you want to. You can progressively get to afford them. I didn't see any lolly skins. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not the one to talk. I actually have a lolly skin on Killing Floor. So mm-hmm, I probably should mm-hmm. shut the fuck up. What's wrong with Anyways, us? It's your fault. I'm going to blame it on you. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if this is much, uh, this is a little, it sounds a little bit complicated. You can always just, you know, select the squad, the team, and then you just keep go right into the play. Um, 
you also have different modes in which you can select and but this is something that goes directly to the server basically i mean you put jump in there they have the, the mode already selected you can do skirmish vip strike search and destroy and firefight basically uh if i remember correctly skirmish was uh, a five objective kind of game in which you have to secure the points in order to provide supplies to your team and you get to move forward of course as long as you just cover everything is when you you get to you know win in that round Uh vip is um we didn't get to play the vip we had to go back to it and and give it a try this is supposed to be some sort of a scored mission Uh uh one of the teams get to select a like a player or something and from there you just have to carry this carry this player from the beginning to the destruction point and of course i mean the other team is supposed to you know just kill all of you and whatnot (laughs) you have a strike mode which Uh is the attack and defend mode uh basically it's like three weapons that you need to discover and destroy the search and destroy basically a little bit like strike, but uh, in this case uh, you have a different kind of respawn, and when the catch it gets destroyed in this team, and the firefight of course, which is was the one that we got to play the most. Yeah. You have uh, three points to secure. Basically, I remember one was already blue and one is uh, red. Red. I think it was B, usually the one that was neutral. So usually if you just get to capture all three, I mean, you have to take it from the other team and whatnot. This is the one that you, you get to win that round. It's a great game. I seriously enjoyed it a lot. One of the things that I remember you were commenting that day was uh, the hyper-realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything from all the environments were either uh, taken from Somalia, Iraq, or uh, Afghanistan. And there were little, small little details. Flies buzzing around. Uh, yes. so, so much attention to detail from these guys. Um, the ambience was amazing. You could hear dogs and guns mm-hmm. in the background, and you can actually... Sounded like my neighborhood. Oh, God, I'll believe that. Especially after that creepy ice cream truck photo you you kept on tweeting last year. I was seriously disturbing. Had a lot of fun with Insurgency. So what else have you been playing, Sai? Code versus the Cursed Kitty. Uh, it's this strategy game developed by Arcado and published by Neko Entertainment. I think it came out last year around November. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puff is this puppy that he's been given a gift. The gift is this kitty that apparently lays <laughs> golden eggs. But anyways, apparently everyone <laughs> wants it as well. So that's basically what the game is all about. You're meant to protect this cute uh, little pink cat from all the evil monsters. And I know that it all sounds very simple in context. I mean, it's a fixed scenario. Mm-hmm. All you do is just basically just jump around to kill monsters and whatnot. And, you know, level up, get skills. But I can say that uh, something from gets very crazy as, as soon as you, you know, progressively get to level. There are uh, infinite waves of monsters. They are always coming out. And uh, Poof has the option to grab all these little items floating around in bubbles. Like, there's life and knives and, you know, all kinds of different <laughs> ideas and stuff. Knives. So. <laughs> Basically, uh, your, cat is, uh, your cat is just tied up all there. And Wh- what's your favorite ha- weapon? <laughs> the golden Poof. What? <laughs> Yeah, apparently there is a there is a technique that you get to do. Uh, it's actually the most effective one with it. <laughs> it's a golden poop. It's the poop. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing for crowd control. It allows you to buy <laughs> a little bit of time in between when you're just jumping around trying to kill the monsters and stuff. I found that yeah, golden poop does that. Clears crowds. Wow. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> from experience, I see. Maybe. <laughs> Anyways, the the game is really fun. You've got the option to explore about 100 missions and, you know, there's uh, tons of different scenarios and skills that you get to level up with and whatnot. It's also one of the things that I like the most so far is being able to get new costumes for both you and your cat, which are pretty (laughs) hilarious to say the least. I have nothing but love for this game. It's really adorable. I mean, all in all, I mean, it sounds pretty simple, but it's the kind of game that if you don't pay attention to it, you end up getting a lot of hours into it. It mm-hmm. becomes really obsessive. Sounds fun. I need to play it. Because of the poop? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you had me at costumes, too. Actually, you know, I'm, I'm the proud chief owner of uh, achievements such as Pooned and Poo-Poo-Pee-Doo. Poo-Poo-Pee-Doo. Both of, them are, <laughs> both of them are all about dropping poop. So. Wow. Like, Just post that to Twitter, on. Facebook, whatever. Fuck that, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> In- <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> No, I don't... Th- no. What's no. wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. 
<laughs> okay. Another game that I got to play uh, during Christmas was, um, which I absolutely adore, is called Stick It to the Man. Mm-hmm. This game actually is not just available on PC, it's also available on PS3 and Vita, of all things. So there's no excuse for you to get to play it. Oh, no thanks. excuse, you, you PC hater. Hmm. Wait, you're talking to me or the audience? Gee, I wonder who am I talking to. Oh, I don't know. This I just is Mr. Perfect. PC. So you can't say that about me anymore. You must be talking to the audience. And they love PCs. Okay, then. Sticky <laughs> <laughs> to the Man is this indie platformer. Uh, it's developed by Soink, and it's published by Ripstone. Uh-huh. It came out, I think, in December or something like that. The game is entirely 2D, and you get to explore the life of Ray. You know, he's uh, this little guy in a paper and sticker middle world. It all starts with an accident. You're working as every other day, and then something falls into your head, and you're not at the hospital. Uh-huh. You wake up with this <laughs> uh, unrealistic, creepy, uh, big uh, pink arm coming out of your head. Okay. And it's basically something that is going to follow you around and is going to uh, give you a lot of room to, you know, a lot of different mechanics. Like, you get to interact with everything around you. You can get to fold and tear and, and stick mm-hmm. and whatnot with everything that's around you, as I said. And also allows you to grab people's brains and read their thoughts, which mm-hmm. is something that is going to give you clues in order to, you know, complete the puzzles and basically just get along with the game. Um, if I grew a third arm... I'd probably never leave the house. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, anyways, as you start to explore this newfound skill coming out of you, not like Robert, I hope, <laughs> you get to find out that you're being framed for murder. Uh, bad guys call the man, and he's the one that is actually trying to get this thing coming out of you, so... That's basically what the name of the game is all about. You're going to stick it to the main. Yeah. Do you so read his mind? Yes, actually, you get. <laughs> there's a. I don't want to spoil much, but there. Uh, uh, one of the final chapters, you get to discover a little bit more about the man and his life and his upbringings and stuff, and it's oh. hilarious to say the least because you get to read his mind as well. And the game is a lot of fun. Seriously, story-wise, um, you get to mm-hmm. meet, of course, a lot of Ray. He's the silly character, the main character you get to control, and. You know, in order to find out about what's going on with you and stuff, you have to do some self, uh, you know, perspective into your life. It's hilarious as you get to find out all these crazy, embarrassing moments of his life. And it's it's a great game. I think uh, it reminded me a lot from something like Psychonauts, mm-hmm. basically from the... From the what it would, what it would be the humor and the style and whatnot. It's it's really something very enjoyable to get along with. I think it's one of the best indie games that you can get to explore from the last year. Wow, sounds very cool. Uh, another game that I got to play was uh, this new game from one of my favorite indie studios ever, which mm-hmm. I'm sure you know about, Megadev. I think and I've heard of them. Yeah, they seem familiar, don't they? Uh, I'm very surprised actually because. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting anything else from there from last year because they got Super Hazards of Ninjas, mm-hmm. they got Atomic Gringo, and they got Boozle 3. Which one? And I don't give me shit for that. <laughs> <laughs> but And I was very surprised that I think it was around uh, winter time that they actually were announcing this game. And I was very surprised to see them come up with a new game, a fourth game in the year. The game looks completely harmless at first. I mean, you will think it's like, oh, this this looks like fun. This looks easy. But, you know, as you start the game, you mm-hmm. get to realize that it's kind of, you know, a little bit more difficult than I... Do, did than we I, say the name of the game yet? Oh, I'm sure you would love to say it. No. What, what is it? I have no idea. What's oh, the name? Come the fuck on. <laughs> 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 Holy crap. Bears! Oh, I just checked over my shoulder. Okay. It's all clear. <laughs> Anyways, you start and you play as the Scoutmaster, and your main mission is to rescue the the pet of the team, which is called Colonel Peck. For some reason, this is a chicken, and the chicken decides to run into a very dark forest crowded with bears that just want to maul them and, and you know, kill them. Mm-hmm. But that's fun. That's, that's part of the adventure. I mean, you get to actually, you know, venture into these dark corners, and well, you've got this just um, this tiny little light that gives you very little room to to go for and mm-hmm. of course you get to work a lot with the sounds i mean i mean trying to avoid being <laughs> mauled by dad and whatnot and 
basically as you do this, as you try to find your way through the darkness in order to rescue stupid chicken, you had to find a lot of hmm. valuable items. Like pizza he's a colonel, chicken. you know. I hate that chicken. It's like he's just, he's always hiding in the worst places. <laughs> like fucking stupid things like standing next to a bear and he doesn't even realize it. Hmm. But the game is a lot of fun, actually. One of mm-hmm. the things that I was surprised about and I was so not expecting is the fact that the audio work was impressively good. I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as the loading screen starts... Um, Steps. I mean, as soon as it loads, one of the things that I got to see is like this gigantic roar that's killing crap out of me. <laughs> and every single time that you're actually playing, it sounds like playing an important role because you're. So literally. As, as soon as holy you get crap, there, bears. That that's quite literal. Mm-hmm. Because one of the points is that you, as soon as you get closer to the bears, you get to hear them growling and stuff. So mm-hmm. not always you get to face them, you know, by face when you get to see the red creepy eyes and stuff so it's really really good mm. in fact you don't step on any tweaks or anything like that they alert the bears and they all come and hunt you i'm getting scared just hearing about this game <laughs> anyways you get to play the game as it's got three modes you get to storm mode of course again you get this hilarious yolo <laughs> mode which is what i call the folk merit basically it's insane to get this on one life and um i think the other one's called infinite survival game all about you know rescuing the pet and in the process trying not to get killed i did get killed a thousand different times which allowed me to appreciate all the different animations and artwork the game has got to offer <laughs> did you beat it yet did you I beat the chicken yet. no <laughs> actually one of the things that frustrates me the most is that i haven't been able to beat atomic ringo either yeah i remember as soon as it came out i got to promote the living hell out of it because i absolutely loved it it's a free game as well mm-hmm. so I don't see the reason why anybody shouldn't check it out. And I'm stuck at the very last level with the last boss as well. So it's, it's frustrating to say the least. <laughs> why, Megadev? Why must you torture us? So give us these great games from that <laughs> last level. You know, we, okay. you know we're noobs. I just suck anyway, so <laughs> do fantastic games, and everybody should check this one out. I'm sure there's a lot of common fun this year as well, but... Mm-hmm. This is worth checking out. Wow, that sounds awesome. I'm going to play some yeah. holy crap bears right now. A lot of poop today, huh? Yeah, there is. <laughs> Anyways, before Poopcast. we end the show, yes. I want to say thank you to Drew and Stu and one of my good friends, Corey, for providing the games. Yes, the thanks guys. We really appreciate it. Especially Insurgency. Yeah. We had so much fun with that. Insurgency was a great game yes. as well. Who shot me? Gone shot me. <laughs> I think I shot him. Friendly, little friendly fire. Never hurt anyone. What was the game that you enjoyed the most out of all 2003? But indie game. Jeez, you really put me on the spot here. Okay, tell me, tell me, read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you my favorite. Read my palm. Oh, oh, I thought you were gonna tell me mine. Okay. Oh no, I don't know. Probably something with lollies, indie lollies or something. That was the best combo for you. No, I think my favorite ones has got to be Fist Puncher by really? Team. I absolutely loved the fact that it's such a great indie game. It's got way too many different options for you to play, like selection of characters and the achievements, the cards. It's the kind of game that you can't wait to just beat, but also the fact that you can go back to it anytime. Mm -hmm. I'm still playing that game sometimes because I want to level all my characters. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I've got my best choice of 2013. I still want to hear yours. I, I'm going to have to say Towerfall uh, on the Ooyah. That's a game by Matt Thompson. And just a theme re- Titanfall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you played Towerfall? Um, <laughs> no, no, it's just a, just a really great uh, kind of multiplayer game. And I know a lot of people don't expect much from the Ooyah system, but this one, it's not really about the hardware. You can make a very compelling, engaging game just going back to the core tenets of, uh, of game design. And that's what uh, Matt Torson did. So hats off to him. So Towerfall. Ooh, yeah. Get it. Was Splunky this year, too? That was last year. I really love Splunky. I played a hell of a lot this year. Nice. Did you play Splunky? No, I haven't. <gasps> you got to play Splunky. It's on Vita. It's on PS3. It's on everything. It's on Xbox 360, PC. It's all over the place. It's probably nice. on your toaster. That's fantastic. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That means I'm tired of you talking. Take us home, Cy. 
Um, remember, guys, to check us out on Tumblr. We're on IndieOdLog.tumblr.com. How many dots? Follows, views. Everything is welcome. Thank, thank you, you for listening. Yes, thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. You guys are fantastic. Come on, Bubba. Let's play some Bubble Bobble. Yeah! Yeah!